cuties. Today we are talking about I am no man, our favorite female badasses. That's right. We're so excited. So, you know, these are all of our favorite fantasy heroines, not heroes. The ones that we want to be, the ones that we've shaped our personalities around. Yep. And generally, they kick ass, take names, and do it with a dagger strapped to their thigh, which... Always a dagger strapped to your thigh. Right. I'm just so bummed that that's not a situation I'll probably ever find myself in in this modern universe, but... I feel like you could make it happen. Well, I keep telling my best friend, I'm not going to have a... I'm not going to wear a garter at my wedding. I'm going to just strap a dagger to my thigh. I feel like intrinsically, that's why I tattooed a dagger on my thigh. See, I keep wanting to tattoo a dagger like on my thigh for that it reason. It is the blade that was broken, but like still it is a dagger at that point. A dagger. It's no longer a sword. And so yeah. like I technically did that. You did. You did. You always have a dagger strapped to your thigh. If you did not listen to Zaddy Tolkien, first off, what are you doing? Go back, check that one out. Uh, you, we talked a lot. <laughs> we talked a lot about Eowyn, who clearly is the goat of female yeah. fantasy heroines. I mean, her whole like, I am no man. Not only is she a badass heroine and does badass things, but she does it. Takes takes names. Kicks ass. Takes names. She does it intrinsically, and a key part of her storyline is the fact and the benefit that she's not a man. So it doesn't get any more like female badass than that. Um, love Tolkien for this, but like he literally wrote a villain that no man could kill. And so what does he do? He creates this female protagonist um, in the story, defies all odds, like, and essentially save everyone, you yeah. know? And like, I am no man is literally quote of forever, the millennia, the century till the end of time. It better be on and on and on and on well after I'm dead, you know? Why don't I get that tattooed? Good idea. Great idea. 10 out of 10. I have a sticker on my Kindle that says I am no man. Cause duh. Yeah. But I should get uh, that tattooed. That's me once a day is I should get that tattooed. So here's my problem. I just go get it tattooed. So <laughs> normally if I have the thought, well, I'm like typically tomorrow, I just drive down and get it done. I've typically yeah. done that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so, well, there's a whole category of also of just Sarah J mass baddies. Oh yeah. Cause it's like, there's multiple in all of her novels that we can yes. like touch on. We've got Aelin, Manon, Farah. Nesta, who got her own moment in the spotlight. I like Nesta more than Farah. I'll say it. <laughs> Obviously, Bryce. I just read Crescent City, so now I'm on the Bryce train. But then yeah. also includes Danica. Definitely in- Danica. Yeah, of course. And like, I don't even know if we want to go into like Elide too. Like, yep. she definitely was a female badass in yep. those. Um, yep. There's just- literally. Almost every single, I don't know. And like, um, Mass only writes female baddies. Literally. <laughs> literally. Going down the list and you're like, more like, 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 literally, like, Aelin, she is so smart and like does all these little like plots without anyone ever catching on and everything comes together seamlessly. And like, she's strong and fierce and beautiful. And then you have like Lysandra, who. I love... So I told my sister that she's just like Aelin. And then if I were in this novel, I would be Lysandra. Like, kind <gasps> if of I were in that novel, I would be Manon. I love it. I, I, yeah, I love it. I love it. 
I would be Lysandra in that for sure. And like just how she kind of one takes over her own future, then essentially uses her shifting powers to like save their ass so many times, like becoming the sea dragon and like all that stuff. And like, yeah. And at the same time, still being the beautiful, like soft, sweet person that she is, like all of them. Yeah. And then if we're going into, you know, Akatar, um, the Feyre Nesta situation, we got more. Oh God, I love more. Um, I love more. I also, I love Amran. Amran, yeah. And like, I mean, Amran, yeah. I feel like all of Mass's females like are strong and beautiful and like take no shit, you know. And like even the ones who might take shit in the first book definitely don't continue that way for long. <laughs> yeah, I think the one criticism I've seen a lot of Mass heroines is that typically in the end, in order for them to be happy, they have to lose their power. And there's been a lot of discussion in the fantasy genre broadly about how female characters tend in the end for them to be happy, they yeah. need to be powerless or stripped of their power. Yeah. I would argue that while it does happen, obviously, in Sarah J. Mass's books... It's not the same because it makes sense. And also you have characters in Crescent City, you have Bryce who gained all the power, legitimately like all of the power. True, but Crescent City isn't concluded yet. That's true. She might lose her powers because she, that's not true. That's not concluded yet. But I think especially like there was a lot of criticism or some criticism with A Court of Silver Flames with Nasta losing her powers. But here's the thing that I just don't, it didn't strike me as bad because Nesta hated her power. That's fair. That's fair. Because I kind of drew, drew a parallel between Aelin losing her powers to like live and be with Rowan yeah. with Nesta losing hers to like be yeah. with Cassian. And like right. that was a parallel I drew. But Aelin like obviously loved her power and embraced it and like right. Used it. Nesta never necessarily did, and so like right. until until she was literally giving it up. She right. had never really tapped into that aspect at all. She had hidden it. She it felt unnatural she to her. It. She didn't like it, yeah. yeah. And so I guess that definitely makes sense to me now that you put it that way. Um, and it's definitely a different level because it's like you want to see everyone to be happy, obviously, and not everyone can always be happy. But like you want to see your female protagonist keep their power, keep their badass, and then, like, um, still go on. Did you read, like, the Red Queen series? It's sitting on my TBR. Okay. Well, I kind of want to throw a spoiler out there. Yeah, throw a spoiler. Okay, so essentially, in the end, she doesn't, like, she kind of chooses herself on her own and keeps her power. And she kind of pretty much is like, all right, now this whole thing's done. I'm going to go and do me. You go do you. And I liked that a lot. Like a lot of people didn't like how that series ended. But in my mind, I was like, she was always choosing herself. It was never right. about the relationship for, for her. And right. I liked that like change of pace yeah. um, for a female protagonist. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it does kind of seem like a lot of fantasy. The woman either loses their rank or loses their power or right. something to... Yeah then in turn be with the man and happy Um, and not necessarily they had to give it up to be happy, but they lost it before they were able to be happy. Right. Although, yeah, no, that makes sense. But also Manon still has all of her badassery. True. But you didn't have magic though. And she didn't technically end up with Dorian. If we think of it. Right. That's true. Um, So that one's still to be determined on her storyline. And I want Bryce to keep her powers. 
so badly, mm-hmm. but obviously with her spoiler alert, with her being the horn, physically yeah. being the horn, there's a real obvious plot of like that not working out and her having to give yeah, up. Her to not be the horn anymore. Right. Um, but I'm hoping. Can I just also take a moment with yeah. that whole concept of yes. that, that a sham came up with of melting down this horn to turn it into a tattoo. Brilliant. Like one, Danica, you bad bitch. But then also too, like the, how did that formulate in your brain? Okay. And then there's also a theory. I don't know who came up with the theory. It was on Reddit that, um, you know, how in another spoiler, there are all the spoilers today, yeah. um, but in a quarter solar flames that, um, they were talking about what four items in the trove and they yeah. only had three. Yeah. There's a theory that the horn is the other item because SGM has also hinted at the, her worlds, like, you know, being side and side. And when Aelin falls through the universe, you for sure see um, the night court with uh, Feyre and Reese. And then she goes to another city. And SGM has confirmed that that was Crescent City, that she sees like a, a city by the water that's beautiful and like with tower buildings, super tall, whatever. I don't remember the exact quote. But she says that they're all like in line. And what? so the theory's going around that um, the fourth item in that trove is either the horn or something um, from Throne of Glass. Because I think she also, I don't remember if she, for, if Ashan for sure said like, we've already seen the fourth item. We just don't know it's the fourth item yet or if that was also a rumor. But um, that's a fan theory going around right now that I am fascinated to find out. How that that's fascinating because that would, with Crescent City having like cell phones and being in like the modern day and age, that would really fuck with my perception of... <laughs> Valaris and like right. that whole universe but I guess I mean Valaris is also described though as very I mean there aren't like cars and shit but they can fly but I guess like there's painting studios and shit so it's not exactly like the middle ages <laughs> there's like an arts district yeah 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 it, but that it, would also just really fuck with my perceptions of it's just like a whole concept of parallel universes and parallel timelines going on at the same time that you don't fully have access to a universe directly next to you. Right. And like she kind of touches on that in the Throne of Glass series when Aelin falls through. Yeah. Case, right. And so yeah, she kind of hints at that already. It's just if she plays on it more throughout the series or if it was like just kind of Aelin and then that was done with that. I'm interested right. in where she goes with it. But if it. Bryce is the horn and that's the fourth item, that's. I hope she doesn't lose her power, but I feel like the fact that she is a magical artifact now technically means that she definitely will. Well, she already had her like star born power. And so like, that's true. That might stay and she just might not be the horn anymore or she might lose both. I don't know. Um, Can we also talk about, so one of the major things that I love is the friendship between um, Bryce and Danica. And so in our prequel, we talked about, I believe, you know, there's many forms of soulmates. You can have soulmates and like Bryce and Danica are soulmates. Like they're soulmates a thousand percent. One thousand, one thousand percent. I also believe Manon and Alid are too. Like I love them and they are so like connected, but literally Bryce and Danica are soulmates and it like, oh, and then Zach, and like, can we also, which one, um, her waving at Connor and Connor waving at her. No, thing, like, no. Crush me. Crush me. Rushed me. Ugh. For those who don't know, but decided to keep listening to this. And yeah, even though, the even though there were spoilers, 
like the afterworld is almost like a neighborhood in Crescent yeah. City. You just it's can't like go river. Right. It's like across the river. It's literally like a neighborhood. And the afterworld is very much like a physical place that they can all see and and like look at. Mm-hmm. But you just cannot get there unless you're dead. Um, but also back to the badassery of like she defeats Micah yep. and then vacuums his ashes. Vacuum in a fucking vacuum bag while she knows live stream they're probably all watching. Like she already knows they're all watching, and she's just like vacuum this up real quick. Sorry, live stream all of the most. Powerful people in their world. She's on a goddamn live stream with the authorities. Kills Micah, defeats him, and then just fucking grabs her dice and is like, all right, bitch. Let me vacuum you up real quick. Vacuums his ashes. I also feel like an honorary mention in this is just, uh, is uh, Lahaba. Like That Lahaba is not an honorary not- mention. That's a mention. It's literally like... The number one mention yeah. under Eowyn, it's like Lahaba because uh, that little sprite, I sacrificing herself and her eyeballed as well. I balled. I balled. Well. That that was when I crossed the threshold <gasps> into open sobbing when she was like, "No, you don't understand. I've bought your freedom." And she said, "Let this be the first thing I do as a free sprite is to take Yeah. Oh, that's just like great it's so great with so the good. fearlessness and i love but it all of, but you really pushed me to read crescent city which thank god that you did and i did and now i'm here and i'm ready for book two yes you also pushed me to read from blood and ash and to push that up my list which i did oh, yeah and now yeah. i'm caught up but poppy <sighs> okay so i we have already discussed i'm like i am not the main character i am the older sister who reads a lot that's a little neurotic right that's always me yeah best friend or the older sister one of the two um this was the first series i felt like no i actually am the lead character like i related with poppy so much on so many different levels and like just how she overthinks everything in her head constantly how she's like constantly like second guessing herself but then assuring like outwardly like no i know what i'm doing like it's fine. But then she's like, do I know what I'm doing? I literally do the same shit. And then it's also that people are like, get out of your head, quit overthinking this. When they see yes. your wheels like turning, I was picturing yes. myself as Poppy. I was picturing myself with, as a redhead with scars on my face. I was me. <laughs> I am Poppy now. That's how I pictured her as me. <laughs> yes. Well, and also speaking of women and their power, like she's a badass. And granted, there's three more books in this series. There's going to be six. Only three are out. Right. But she has only grown into her power more and more and more. And I don't feel, I could be surprised, but I do not feel that this is heading in a direction where she's going to lose her power at the end. I don't either. I'm not going to give a major spoiler for the um, last book there because that is one of the major like twists. I feel like when we finally learn Poppy's like origin. Um, I think you spoil it. You think? Yeah. We'll we'll put a tag in here. Okay. If you have not read it, it's a major spoiler. Okay. <laughs> like stop now. Stop now. Um, but uh, skip ahead and we'll put what time to skip ahead. Yeah, we'll put <laughs> but whenever she finally figures out like I am a god, I'm not like just a uh whatever the heck they a demigod, whatever they call him that in that land. Um I am a god. I will defeat you. I'm going to come kick your ass pretty much. And it's like, you took my husband. I'm going to come fuck you Talk up. Talk about a twist, on, <laughs> a twist on the damsel in distress. Our damsel in distress is, is the man. 
And she's going to go save her man's ass. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That is what I want to see. Yeah. Well, the first scene in the temple when all of the wolven recognize that she's their queen oh. and like goosebumps. Oh, goosebumps. Literally, like when they hear the call and they feel the bond and then they all just like bow to her and like cast vows to you. And it's just like radiating off of her. And she's just kind of like, Okay. <laughs> cool. So relatable. <laughs> I love it. And then on top of that, like as a flawlessly, like, oh, I love her so much. I cannot wait to see the progression. So like Jennifer L. Armentrout is like an amazing author. Um, the JLA. I, anyone that has JLA. like the middle initial in it, I feel like is just solid. Do I need to put a middle initial in my, if I ever edit this manuscript? You can make up two middle initials if you want to be like J.R.R. Tolkien, you know. Like, or George R.R. R. Martin. Literally, just put an extra R in there. Maybe like, that's... Whatever. Maybe that's... M-R-R-T. <laughs> Perfect. J.R. No, J. Tolkien. Yeah, because he's one R. He's, uh, yeah. Just J. put an R in So really, you just need an R initial. George R.R. R. Martin, J.R. Tolkien. Um, yeah. J.L.A., S.J.M., like... Damn, I guess I do need a middle initial. It's so good. I don't know what it is, but you put that middle initial in there and like you're an amazing author. I'm not sure. I don't know. Just living here. My monogram now, my friends joke a lot because my middle initial is F. So my friends jokingly call me Molly fucking Tellis. (laughs) Well, mine's A and W, so I'm root beer. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I know. That's incredible. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that's the secret. Yes. There you go. So I know they kind of describe Poppy as like curvier. These are thick queens. Scars. And like, I love all fan art. All fan art. Um, yeah. People are so freaking talented. I can't believe it. But mm-hmm. especially the ones where they really accentuate like her curves and the scars. Yes. The, yes. The scars are really what get it for me. Because like some people will put like one slash down her face. No, it's like they're dramatic. Poppy. That's how you picture Poppy. But like when I picture Poppy, it's like half of her face scarred. Yeah. Because that's, you know, how they describe it. And like yep. when anyone sees it, they're like, scar on yep. you. All these scars, you know? Yep. Um, but the curviness and the scars and like, you know, she literally says... I'll never be super thin because I love cheese and chocolate. And same girl, like I eat these all day, every day. Like, same. and so I relate. <laughs> I relate. <laughs> uh, yes, I love Poppy and I love Bryce for that same reason. They're both yeah. described as as thick queens, which they mm-hmm. are. So I love and that for them. You know, like they take love care of themselves me. and they eat what they want and they do what they want and I like love it. Love, love that it. for them. Love that for me. Literally. Literally. My wow. other favorite right now who's one of my top female protagonists. There's the whole Grisha verse which I do love from from Leah Bardugo but mm-hmm. some of them really kind of bug me. Like I'll say it like Alina and Shadow and Bone bugs me. Yeah. Um, Zoya, I love, and Inej, I love, like they're fabulous, Mm -hmm. but some of those don't stand out to me like as badass, but Auron, our plated prisoner series, baby. Uh, This was one, this was one that I pushed you to read. Oh my God. So we're going to have to talk later about this specifically, because as you know, I stayed up literally all night last night to like 3am because I... I was doing homework and internship stuff. And then when I got to a stopping point, I picked up Kindle yep. and then couldn't put it down until yep. I finished the book. 
So it was like 3, 4 a.m. when I finally like looked back up, noticed what time it was and went to sleep because I'd finished the book. And I'm still <laughs> reeling. Like I'm still reeling. And like Lauren is just like, she goes from one, I love a good coming of age, if you will, of where they transform into yeah. their final badass reform. Yeah. Um, Manon like does, but she's always, always been like, just the badass. She just right, like, like she was. I've always been a badass. <laughs> she just was like a nicer badass. But um, yeah. Orin and like, oh god. So she goes from being this orphaned, like, sex slaved girl. Yeah. Who then melts an entire damn castle and like <laughs> walks out with her man. You know, if we're talking about roles reverse, damsel in distress reverse, she came to like swoop in and save her man yep. from anyone, and then like. Saved yep. herself and her man. And like, yep. not that not that he necessarily needed it and was full damsel mode, but like... Right. She but she's in, like, she kills him. her bad guy. Like, because mm-hmm. um, that's the thing, like in, in Blood and Ash, you know, Castile kills the Lord, you know? So he does that for her, but Poppy yeah. is, that revenge is taken from her. Not, yes. But in the Play to Prisoner series, it's like, she has yeah, that he does herself. Like, herself. Yeah. He does and not I need saving. Like, I don't do this for you. Like, you do it for yourself. And the amount of highlights I made in Gleam on oh. my Kindle, I just pulled them up and it's like, it's <laughs> me scrolling. There are so many. And there's one quote that she, I'm pretty sure she said this, but, um, we tell ourselves twisted lies to tangle around our wicked truths, all so that we can get caught up in the bind and not have to face bare regrets. What even? The wording in this novel alone, like all of them for sure. First off, I messaged you and was like, in book two, in Glint, I literally was so sucked into a book where they're just walking through a barren, de- like wasteland. They're just walking like- through a wasteland. That's it. That's the whole book. It's <laughs> Most of the and second book, they're just walking. There's a lot of pre-smut tension. There is a lot of tension, but there's no like straight on smut. No. And so, but like, no, but you I know what's headed in that like, direction. Suctioned in, like suctioned in, like could not put it down, was like reading it until I physically had to move or do something and could not read until I finished it. Like I started, finished all in like a few hours and was yeah. like, now I have to start the third one. <laughs> also, this is just a tidbit, but I, I won a giveaway and got an autographed copy of Gleam. And guys, I just want you to know our girl, Raven Kennedy, she signed it in a gold Sharpie and she sent it to me in a gold mailer. And I was like, we love a queen who has a brand. Literally, she understood the assignment, y'all. Okay. Like, also, the fact that Orin AU is the periodic symbol for gold. I, no, I know. That was not lost on me from book one. Well, that's your major hint from like day one that or one with the power. Yes. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah. Uh. Spoiler. Uh, But no, literally like from day one, I knew she had the power. And then I was not surprised when Rot and Rip were the same. I was not surprised when Rot and Rip were the same. I saw that coming, but I was surprised when she was the one with the power. I will be honest. And I'm pretty good at plot twists, like sussing them out. I was surprised that she was the one with the power. I definitely saw Rot and Rip being the same guy coming from a hot minute away. Yeah. But with, like, not, when she screamed, when he mate got her to the point of screaming, I'm Faye, though, that shook me to my core. <sighs> um, yeah. 
But with with her specifically, you watch her peel back her onion later layers, if you look with ogres are onions, like we are all onions, right? We got all got our layers. And so she like peels them back to expose herself to herself. And she was yeah. literally and like her constant, I choose me. When I when I tell you I was cracking up at her escaping from her third floor balcony and like being stuck with her ribbons. She get like a puppet because she didn't know how to get down, but she knew she wasn't gonna be stuck in that damn room. Like the audacity of her to throw herself off of the <laughs> so that she can escape. I love it. I love good. all of it. So good. all of it. It's so good. Every start to finish. Yeah. A thousand. It percent. But I had also pushed you at that exact same time because you were pushing me with Plated Prisoner and I was pushing yep. you with Kingdom of Wrath. Kingdom Kingdom of the Wicked. Kingdom of Wrath. What a name change there if we can. Yeah. You know. Um little Freudian <laughs> slip. Uh, for those who have not read Kingdom of the Wicked, Wrath is the name of the dark-haired, morally gray character. And Alyssa here just went, so Kingdom of the Wrath. <laughs> but spoilers. Yeah, anyway, as we say, we are obsessed with our dark-haired, morally gray characters. I remember, well, back to Plate of Prisoner for a second. I remember when um, Captain Rip first showed his face. I text Molly and I was like, you know, this uh, dark-haired captain who's demanding respect for the women can get it. Like, who is this man? <laughs> My statement still stands. But yeah, so Kingdom of the Wicked um, by Carrie, uh, what's her last name? Uh, Maniscalco. There we go. It it starts out with her losing her sister, which I like shattered, like me and my sister are very close. Uh, It shattered me during that part. Um, But then you meet this... um, He's a demon prince. Sexy demon prince wrath. Um, But really the whole thing is Amelia wanting to get revenge or justice for her sister's murder. And like, yeah. she's like, I don't care if I was the like Shire, like yeah, more homey sister than she was. Like she was on this outgoing and the, this outspoken one. And like, I relate to that because Amanda, like, I mean, I'm clearly not shy, but Amanda's always been the one that's been like the uh, outspoken one. The right, she, you know, has always been the one that can make the friends the easiest and make social situations easier. And like, I've always yeah. been more like in my books. <laughs> it's literally like I related to her a lot. And then she literally yeah. summoned a demon prince to help find out who killed her sister and stared him down without being scared. Like, what's she going to do to me? And he's like, I'm literally a demon prince. And she's like, and is your point? <laughs> I, when I first started that, so you told me it was good, but you told me virtually nothing about it. You just said, Oh, if you haven't read. And I was like, Oh, it's on my TBR. I have it at home. And all you said was you got to read it. You got to read it. You didn't tell me anything about it. And yeah. I remember I texted you and I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on. This book is about demon princes and they're Italian <laughs> and there's witches all in the same witches. <laughs> um, also at one point, not a euphemism. She wins over the demon with a cannoli. Yes. And I love that. I love that one. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. We know this. No, I haven't found that to be true, but well, my boyfriend cooks for me. So like maybe the way to my, <laughs> well, he's, Italian. <laughs> he's Italian. Is he a demon prince? Moral <laughs> <laughs> rewind to when I refer to him as a golden retriever in human form <laughs> um, here's some more uh, here's some, uh, some, Kindle, some Kindle snippets for you again made you a mood board <laughs> babe love you 
Um, yeah, she wins over, but she is wonderful. And I, I think Amelia is so great in that book because she really says like, Hey, the relationship that I have with my sister, a female relationship, female, female relationship was so important to me. I'm going to not change who I am, but step into the parts of me that exist, but make me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to get vengeance and to do honor by my sister. And like that female Mm -hmm. bond is so important and it's really wonderful. And she straight up, yeah, she likes, she's like, Oh, Hey, I've, I'm a witch. And I've heard my whole life how summoning a demon is bad. Fuck it. I'm going to go summon a demon and just decides like none of that matters. Jen doesn't just stare down one. She stares down three and then marries and marries one. Literally, literally. And it's just like, all right. And next I'm still trying to figure out who killed my sister. Y'all like, I'll say this. I don't care about you guys. (laughs) Obviously we will. There's, you know, spoilers abounding right now for kingdom of the wicked. Literally just my theory. We're just going to put spoilers in this entire episode. If you haven't read any books ever, don't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Only listen to this episode of this book podcast. If you haven't read any books ever. (laughs) I don't care about spoilers. Don't care about spoilers. Come on in. The water's fine. Yeah. If you want to hear my theory is yes. I think that she, so she's clearly, she married the pride demon, which he's the king demon. So he's basically like Satan. They say, oh, so there's seven brothers for the seven deadly sins and pride is the king of all of them effectively right. making him Satan. And the other ones are like his brother princes, demon princes. So she marries him and enters house pride instead yeah. of house wrath. Who's our boo that we've been cheering on this whole time but she already had that marriage pact with house wrath yeah i think she's gonna get out of this marriage with satan on a technicality and it's gonna be void because they're gonna be like uh she's like guys my plan all along i was already married to this guy it's void or whatever so that's what i think is gonna happen but maybe it's gonna be like a second love interest is the one you really want but i don't know i love wrath there's just no way her and Roth don't end up together. I feel like like they're they're. I mean, Carrie might have something like fully twisted in there for us for these next few books, but like, I just feel like there's no way that they don't end up together. You know, it's a lot of building and a lot of a lot of good efforts and good a stuff. lot of enemies like, to lovers. Oh, great no, enemies to, to lover trope. for them to not end up together. You know, great like, enemies to lovers. You can't trope. spend all this time formulating this enemies to lovers. To not end up together. That's just, it's just not allowed. Can't do it. It's not <laughs> done. I carry, it's not allowed. It's not done. <laughs> I, I think those, I mean, those are my favorites. I think Amelia is definitely a new, a new top pick for me. Kingdom of the Wicked was wonderful. So one thing I think uh, it's important for us to touch on since we are dedicating this entire episode to our favorite female baddies is feminism throughout literature throughout history, right? So we already talked about how Tolkien gave us our goat, Aelin. However, Aelin? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Love. Um, But he didn't give us a female lead. You know, the the fellowship were all males. The, during the Hobbit, they were all males. And so it, it was a supportive role, even though she was epic. It was still yep. a supportive, not a main lead role, right? Yep. She was still coming in with the assist mm-hmm. for a male cast. Right. And if and we know, obviously, traditionally, female writers had to write over under male 
names to get published. And even, even today, uh, I know we made a joke about adding your middle initial, but I know that that is done because it makes the name seem more masculine in general. Uh Um, even though it still stands true that everyone with the middle initial is like the greatest author I've ever read. So like, it's still true, but I know Uh people are doing that to make the name seem more masculine, which is still underlying sexism in the world today. Right. Uh, But I think it's also very important to touch on how that women in literature have transformed today in like the last five years of all of these novels that I've been obsessing over with female protagonists and in film too. It's been both across the board. Yeah, I feel like I've made especially a very concise, concited. No, 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 no. Wrong word. Um, I've made a very intentional, there we go, an intentional effort, especially in my fantasy, because I read a lot. I mean, I read a lot of fantasy. It's the number one genre that I read. A very intentional effort to pick up female authors in fantasy specifically, like female authors and not only female authors, but especially BIPOC female authors as well in fantasy and, and BIPOC authors in general. So like males and females or whoever, however people choose to identify. But uh, yeah, I want to see more females. I want to see more diversity. I think especially in fantasy, like those are the best ones anyway, like straight up. Luckily, I think we're like starting to see more, but there's still like such a long way to go. Especially like you and I were talking offline about like LGBTQ representation and fantasy, I think is a big one. Yeah, definitely. I know with my readings, I had mentioned before that I feel that in most fantasy novels, sexuality is very fluid, which it should be. But I don't feel like in any of the novels I've been reading, the main characters or even like the secondary main characters have had a same-sex love interest. Now, we can all hope and pray that SJM gives us the beautiful love interest for more. Um, I, want more I want more in Emery so bad. So bad. Um, but we can only <laughs> hope and pray that that happens. But I am wanting more to diversify my reading list, you know, with more lead characters that are same sex couples. That's what I feel like I need in my life. I do have one for you. I just finished A Master of Gin. Ah. A Master of Gin. Incredible, wonderful, wonderful fantasy. It takes place in a in 1920s Cairo. Ooh, okay. And it is a steampunk Cairo. So it's it's a fictional, like it's Cairo, it's Egypt and it's 1920s, uh-huh. but it's like a very steampunk. And basically the premise of the world is that um, magic reflooded the universe after hundreds of years. And all of a sudden there's like angels and jinn and like demons oh. and ifrit like, and genies yeah. like living amongst people now. It's uh, not quite a crime novel, but there's obviously like a, a mystery that must be solved. And the lead female works for an agency that's kind of like um, the go-between between between humans and magic. And um, it's not a romance novel, so it's not the main plot, but she has a girlfriend and it is mentioned and you like read about their interactions and her girlfriend helps her with the mission. So that's a really, really good one. Um, That was just an incredible, incredible fantasy, like straight up. And um, it's a sapphic novel as well. So that one I like just finished recently and I like couldn't stop talking about it. 
Perfect. I put that on my list now. Thank you. I would love any more book recs that are. Yeah. Uh, always, always, topic. always send us book any recs. book recs, period. But <laughs> so, guys, definitely let us know if you have other thoughts, if you have thoughts at all, any thoughts uh, about this episode, about what you had for lunch, about your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Uh, if you have a cousin who is a dark haired, morally gray character who is approximately 27 to 34, um, <laughs> well, you can definitely <laughs> let me here. know. <laughs> If you have any more female protagonists that we didn't touch on today, um, that you feel like if we haven't read it or if it's just someone that you feel like needed an honorary mention that we didn't put in there, let us know. Send us your thoughts. All right. (laughs) Until the next chapter, cuties and bookmates, we will be over here binge reading. 